Hey guys, welcome to the Talmud Mission Podcast. This is episode one where we're talking about 1 Timothy 4.12. I'm Adeline. I'm Hadi. I'm Alex. And I'm Kate. So um, first off, we're going to talk about what is the Talmud Mission. So we're a group of high schoolers um, in a class together where we're supposed to make a business. And our business idea is to find mentors for teens. And part of this is our podcast. So the um, definition of Talmud, it basically means like disciple in Hebrew. And so um, that's why we chose it. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, I think we're just now we're just going to tell you guys a little bit about who we are. And I can start and then we can go around. Does that sound good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I think this Talmud mission is especially important to me because recently, just this year, my mentor, who I've had since middle school, moved like 8,000 miles away to Katy, Texas, and her name was Abigail, and I was, when, as we were starting like this project and thinking about what problems we had, that was just something that came to the forefront of my mind, because I was just really missing her yeah. in my life, and just like, she, like she was really involved in my life, she took me places, she talked to me about stuff, she was just someone who would, I could rely on to help me learn things, and um, yeah, I think that's why I'm really excited to do this. Yeah, and I, I also completely can relate to that because so my youth pastor starting this year, he and his wife moved, and they have both been like very involved in my life, especially his wife, um, just leading a small group with me, and just like navigating through not having them in my life anymore, and then as, long, as well as that, my older sisters both leaving for college, just trying to figure out who to turn to to talk to about my faith. Yeah, I also, for the longest time, I didn't have, like, anyone to talk to, because sometimes I have a, um, it's, like, difficult to trust people for me, and it's something that I've really desired for a long time, and I've been praying for it, and thankfully God has just recently given me someone, but I think it's very important, and also I would like to say this is something my youth pastor actually talked about last night at youth group, how important it is to have someone disciple you and to disciple others. Yeah, I go to a church camp every single year since I moved here, which was about two years ago. Um, And each year I meet a new person, I meet a new counselor, and they're just like, they're really good at mentoring, but most of the time it's only while I'm there. So if I could have like a permanent mentor to be with me, that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think we've just all found that that's something that has just added so much to our faith life and to our life in general, and we just want to provide that experience for a lot of people, and we know that that's like a biblically-based relationship, as we can see in First Timothy. So yeah, I think we're just going to read our little mission verse now. Yeah. It is First Timothy 4.12, and we're reading the NIV version, and it is, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Yeah, so with the context of this verse, the writer of it is Paul, and he's just like a leader of the first century church. Um, And a little bit about Paul, so um, basically he was like a Jew, and um, he would actually go around killing Christians until one day, this is in Acts 9, where um, God spoke to him, like a light came shining down, and like he audibly spoke to Paul, and he says, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And um, then after that, Paul realizes that Jesus was the Messiah, so then he starts, um, you know, living for Jesus, and he's like um, the main leader in this time period. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think so. Timothy is yeah. Timothy is just someone who's starting their pastoral career, and has been mentored by Paul throughout his um, faith life. And Paul, in, so both these letters are to Timothy, is just writing to him about how he can lead by example, even though he's really young, which yeah. is actually true for a lot of leaders in the Bible. Like the disciples were all fairly young. Yeah, and same with David. Like mm-hmm. he was really young whenever he defeated Goliath. And Mary, yeah. whenever she gave birth to Jesus, yeah. was like 13, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I think that kind of just like, I feel like it speaks volumes to how close Paul and Timothy were. Because mm-hmm. if you look at the Bible and a lot of the chapters that Paul wrote, like Ephesians and First and Second Corinthians, those were two churches. And Paul wrote two entire chapters to Timothy, just trying to guide him in his faith, which just tells you how close that they walk together in their um, religion and it just also tells you that just because Timothy was young it doesn't mean that he was like less important than yeah. even a church last night whenever I was um, studying this I found out that um, Paul he calls um, Timothy's son three times in the Bible in which he isn't his literal son but first um, Timothy 1 2 he addressing him he says my son in the faith and so this is a good insight into his relationship And tying this back into um, the Talmud mission, um, Timothy is like Paul's Talmud um, because um, he's a disciple, like, or Paul is discipling Timothy. So that's um, what we're looking for, too, to basically have a um, Paul to our Timothy. Yeah, and I think Cody kind of touched on this, but, like, it's just, like, really cool to see how close Paul was with Timothy and in one of the Timothys, Paul talks about the examples that Timothy's mother and grandmother have set. And I think that's just, like, really cool to see that in a family. Yeah. But one thing that we need to remember is just that not everyone has that experience of having, yeah. like, such strong leaders in the faith in their family. And I think it's just, like, it. I just think it would be, like, Paul blessed Timothy so much by coming into his life. And I don't know if his family were believers before they met Paul, but, like, just seeing how like one person being discipled can affect so many other people yeah for real yeah that's kind of what um last night we were talking about at youth group how um you know we will have disciple like we will be discipled and we should also disciple others and the people that disciple us can show us how to disciple others and so that one person can um will be you know basically discipling multiple people because it multiplies and I think that it's really crazy to look at how, like, what Paul decides to talk to Timothy about because mm-hmm. it's so applicable to our world today. And, yeah. like, people are going to look down on you because of decisions you make, especially in faith. And, like, yeah, like, there's just, like, there's so many ways that it correlates, which I just think is so cool that, like, he's a, our God is a living God and, like, his word is so dynamic with the times. Yeah, and his word is living, too. Mm-hmm. It applies to all of us, even, yeah. though, even though it was written to Timothy. It was also written by us, or written to us. Yeah, like, for example, uh, this past year at my church camp, the this was the actual, like, verse for mm-hmm. this year's theme. Each year they have a different theme. But they chose this verse, and it was like, they were talking about it a lot. Like, just because you're young doesn't mean, like, you're not, it doesn't mean you're in, like, you can't do things. Yeah. You can do things if you're young. And that also, like, I think holds me a little bit accountable because I'm like, well, I'm so young. Like, I don't need to have all these decisions yeah. made. Mm-hmm. I don't need to, like, 
it makes sense if yeah. I'm not reading my Bible every week. Like all these things. Or where like I can't be kept whenever I'm older, I'll do this. Or yeah. whenever yeah. I'm older, yeah. I'll start being com- becoming closer to God. But God wants us now because He yeah. can use us now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I I think that it's just so cool that we can just see so much about just mentorship in just this one verse. But I kind of want to hop in and just start breaking down the verse a little bit. Mm-hmm. So. Um, the first part of the verse is don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, which we just kind of touched on a lot about how we don't have to wait until we get older to start maturing in our faith. And that's just something that I feel like it's a really good excuse to use. Well, I'm like, I'm only in high school. I'm only in middle school. I don't really need to be reading my Bible or I don't need to be listening, like listening, being in the word or listening to things that are like helping my faith. But in reality, it says don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. You shouldn't be having that mindset that because I'm young, I don't have to do this. You should be having the mindset that because I'm young, I get to do this. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. really good. And I think, so in the first part of that verse, it says don't let anyone look down on you, and you said that. But um, in other translations, it says don't let anyone despise you, and I think I just want to touch on what it means to be despised. And I think that in this context, and honestly in any context, it just means that like you're going to, if you believe that, Christ is the Son of God and died on the cross for you, you're always going to stand out, and that's just true throughout the ages. Yeah, yeah. you set apart. Yeah, and it's really cool to see, like, if you really, like, the more you dive into that aspect of your faith and, like, knowing that you're going to be different, you're holy, you're set apart by God, you're just going to find more and more peace in that, and, this, I, yeah, like, you can see that the school that you're in is like your greatest mission field like this is one of the biggest mission fields and so if you can just dive into that now while you're still young there's so much like good you can do yeah yeah there's there's so many broken people especially in high school you know i know that there's like so much like depression found especially in high school girls and if we could shine the light of christ you know that this is a big opportunity just being around people every day who are broken yeah because unfortunately you know naturally people get insecure and they feel like inferior but like you can like help them just because you're young doesn't mean you can't do it yeah Yeah. and just kind of starting to the next part where it says don't look anyone down don't let anyone look down on you because you are young but set the believers set an example for the believers in speech i think that's a really great way like they start like really great writing in the bible where it says don't let anyone despise you and like and it's so easy to despise people and, like, to not like them. And, like, I feel like that is kind of why Paul talked about, like, setting an example in speech because a lot of what it means to not like someone or to despise them is to, like, gossip about them or, like, tell lies about them. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. in speech, you know, um, Ephesians 4.29 says, Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So this means that it says set an example. So, you know, we should show um, everyone how believers really should act in a big way is speech because, you know, um, I think... I think it's Paul who said something about, like, you know, the tongue is, like, wild and, you know, mm-hmm. can't really be controlled. But if we can surrender it to God, he can help us to um, control it. Um, and this could be, like, not cussing, not gossiping, not lying, but instead using our words to praise God. Yeah. yeah. I completely agree. And also, I, I think it's really important to, like, 
realize kind of what you touched on a little bit is the power of our tongue. Mm-hmm. In Proverbs 18, it says the tongue has the power of life and death, yeah. which really just means that like the words that we say, we can use them to build people up. We can use them to share the gospel. But those same words can be used to tear people down. And it also says in James that fresh water and salt water cannot come from the same stream. Yes. And just like that, our mouths, like we shouldn't be speaking death in a way into people and then turning around and speaking life into people we should be only speaking life into them yeah Yeah. i love those verses so much because um you know it's like um you can't lie and then speak truth out of the same tongue you know it's one or the other like Mm -hmm. you know jesus said you're either for me or against me Mm -hmm. so you you know it's being a hypocrite to be honest to be talking you know death and then life yeah and you kind of you just said it's like, um, Jesus says you're either for me or against me. And I think that's just another reason why to dive in like so wholly into your faith. Because yeah. even just like passivity and being like, I don't really have an opinion on it. Like you're giving way for Satan to come in and create mischief yeah. Yeah. and stuff. Like wherever there's room in your heart, Satan will try to take it. So you have to give it mm-hmm. all to God. Yeah. yeah. And I just yeah. want to say another thing about setting an example in speech is, yeah, you said this Ephesians 4.29. Um... I think that the more that you, that just leaning into it, like, one thing, it's so easy to do, it's, or it's kind of, it's hard, depending, but if you get started right, it's easy to not cuss, and one yeah. experience that I've had is that people will ask you about it, mm-hmm. and yeah. people asking you about it is just, like, the best opportunity, and it's so exciting, because you yeah. can be like, well, in four, Ephesians 4.29, and, like, Adeline is doing this a lot, like, quoting scripture is, like, it's just, like, so encouraging. Yeah, and like I said earlier, I mean, the... The word is living, and mm-hmm. so it will really affect, like, you know, even just in general, whenever you're sharing with people about Jesus, use verses, use scripture, because that is what will really change hearts. Even if you yourself don't really have the words to say, the scripture will, will speak for itself. Yeah, and yeah, that kind of so gives a really good segue into our next part of the verse, which is setting an example in conduct. Yes. Yeah. And Yeah, so we kind of talked about how it's the church... I mean, not the church. The schools can be a really good mission field. And, like, just answering people. By acting a certain way, you will create questions because you are not like the rest. And people want to know. Like, they want to know, like, what what makes you different? Like, why do you say thank you to this teacher who is just, like, so rude to everyone? Like, what makes you different? And I think that's just, like... Yeah, and so with conduct, um, I know I didn't really know what that word meant at first, but it means like it's like the way that you live, and so that could just be simply on like how you like carry yourself, and it's like a more overall general type of statement. Um, but you need to live. Um, what I wrote is like be a servant because you know that's what um, Jesus did. He humbled himself and made him. He was a servant, even though he was God. He made himself a servant to humans yeah and also i don't this kind of reminds me of something that i've heard said is that you should if you're a christian you should look strange to the world like other people in the world should look at you and they should be like why is that person like that like why are they being kind to people why are they talking like that why are they acting like that you should you should not be looking like the world because if you're looking like the world then you're probably doing something wrong and you might need to check into that a little yeah. bit yeah. yeah the world is a secular place we have secular stuff everywhere mm-hmm. yeah it's super broken but okay so in galatians five thirteen, it says you my brothers and sisters were called to be free but do not use your freedom to indulge the, fr- the flesh rather serve one another humbly in love yes and that's just like it's really just ties together everything that you said and, like we can see like that's so true like even it says it in the word of god and like mm-hmm. yeah like to serve and humbly is something that Jesus did, of course, and 
even like the super cliche it's like what would jesus do it's yeah. so helpful yeah, in any situation true. like um Mm-hmm. But, like, touching on that verse that you said, um, I feel like so many people, they think, um, oh, Jesus died for me, so I can do whatever I want, and I'll just be forgiven. But we need to, but if we want to honor God, if we really have a relationship with God, then we're going to want to be righteous. And that doesn't mean mm-hmm. that we need to work for righteousness, because that's, that's self-righteousness, which isn't good. But we just need to pray and submit ourselves to God so that He can make us righteous. And I've seen that you know, in, in my life myself, because if I pray and submit myself to God, he will help me with my struggles and make me more like him. Yeah. And yeah. in Matthew 7, it kind of talks about, like, not everyone who cries out to me, Lord, Lord, will be accepted into the gates of heaven. Yeah. And I think that that's, like, a really scary verse. Yeah. But I think it's, like, it's really convicting, and it's true, because yeah, like, it's in the Bible. Like, yeah. he will say, you know, um, I don't know you, because if you don't have a relationship with him, you could say, oh, I believe, but, you know, like, if you you can believe in God, you know, Satan also believes in God, you know? <laughs> yeah. But we have to submit ourselves to him. Yeah, that's exactly in James, I believe, chapter 4. It says, even the demons believe in God and shudder, which has been, like, yeah. I feel like it's a very convicting verse because your belief in God does not make you necessarily a Christian if you believe God's out there because even the demons believe in God. And I don't, I wouldn't say the demons are Christians, but like they're out there (laughs) believing in God. So I would just say like, I feel like that has really convicted me that like just say, just believing, oh yeah, like there's a God out there. It's not the same as having a relationship with him. Yeah. Yeah. And I did. So, um, on the bus on the way here on Instagram, I read, um, uh, or I watched a video of this pastor speaking, and he said, Jesus didn't die to create a religion. He died so that we could have a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And that's what a that's lot of good. people are creating, you know. And, like, you know, the Pharisees, they were very religious. But Jesus was like, no, we don't, I don't want, I don't like religion. I don't like um, just these things that you're doing just to be, to look holy and look righteous Mm -hmm. i want a relationship with you and that is what gets you to heaven and that's what gives you real life yeah yeah and that really like connects back to like something that is such a problem in today's like broken world like church hurt Mm -hmm. and it's just like and like that's never what jesus intended the church is not supposed to be a place of hurt and yeah. It's supposed to be a place of love, and people are forgetting that that love is, and Jesus, what they're doing is not what's in the Bible. Yeah. It's not what Jesus wanted yeah. for our lives. It's not what Jesus wanted yeah. people to see as a reflection of him, because that's what we are. We're a I reflection mean, yeah. of him, whether we do if a good job of it or here, not. we'd be getting a letter. Like, that's so <laughs> true. Yeah. Yeah, I also think that's, like, that's part of the reason why it's so important how we act, because if you're declaring yourself as a Christian, and then you're turning around and treating people, like, not how God would want them to be treated... That's just, like, that's putting a bad image up for Christians, and that's part of what is going into church hurt, is that there's people who are being, like, double-minded, I guess, and they're just acting a different way than how, like, they're claiming that they are, and that just, it really just, it really just makes people not want to believe in God when they see people, and they're like, well, they say they're a Christian, but they're still acting like the world, so what's the point of being a Christian? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I did hear a quote once that's like, um, you're like you might be the only Bible they ever read, you yeah. know, because yeah. you have to show them what Jesus is actually like. You know, yeah. they unbelievers will think the way you treat them is how Jesus would treat them, and yeah. so that's kind of leading into the second part: love. We set an example in love, and so we need to love others like Christ. You know, yeah, like it says, love our enemies, pray for those who persecute you. 
you know, not just the believers, not just those who do good to you, because Jesus says in Matthew something, even like unbelievers do that. They love those who do good to them, but we yeah. need to go beyond that and love those who hate us. Yeah, yeah, yeah like so in true. the Our Father, it says, I pray this every night, so like, when I, like, think of, like, one of the words, mm-hmm. I have to go through and pray the entire thing in my head <laughs> just to find what I'm looking for in that prayer. But it's, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you got to, like, forgive the people who are doing wrong to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think one really great passage to just, like, thinking about how we can set an example in love is First Corinthians chapter 13. And it starts at verse yes. 4, and I'm just going to go ahead and read it. It's a little bit okay. long, but I think that just as you're reading this, I think a really great thing that I've seen like online is that where it says the word love, the idea is that you would replace that with your yes. name so yes. you can simplify like what, yes. how can you see where you're, this is not yeah. true about you, and mm-hmm. you can improve yes. that, but I'll start now. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. And that ends in 1 Corinthians 13, 8. Yeah, I love that verse because it's, you know, it's the definition of love. And I know these days people are really twisting the idea of love. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people are like, think that love is agreeing with others which is not biblical at all you can disagree with someone and love them at the same time it also mm-hmm. said the world also says that it's like romantic god loves us that's definitely not a romantic relationship <laughs> you can also love your enemies which isn't romantic and your friends um and so it we need to know the biblical truth and kind of get away from what the world it we need to know the biblical truth and kind of get away from what the world says love is because there's so many lies and it's sometimes it's hard to discern what is truth and what is lie so we just have to look directly into the word and see like what what it says yeah i think that's also kind of leads into another part of love is that so in matthew 27 Jesus was preaching, and someone asked him, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. And then he said, the second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. So the two greatest things that we're called to do is to love. And I think that's so important because no matter, like like you kind of said, like no matter if you hate someone, which that's a whole other thing, but... <laughs> No matter if they're like your worst enemy or if they're your best friend, you should be loving them the same, which is so hard to do at times, but it's something that we're called to do, and we're also called to love the Lord your God. That means loving God no matter whether you're going through a trial or whether you're in the best season of your life, it means to love God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like what Jesus said after that about how basically summarizes all the commandments. So if we love God, then we're not going to commit idolatry against him. We're not going to have any other gods. We're not going to want to sin against him. If we love others, we're not going to want to steal from them. We're not going to want to hurt them. Right. You know, so it just love is like, you know, the basic thing. If we can love God and love others, then everything else will fall into place. Yeah. And I think that another thing that's important to know is that love is love. Like if you love someone, you love them. But yeah, Adeline touched yeah. a lot on that, how it's different. A lot of things today are about men marrying men and women marrying women. But yeah. in like some argument that I saw recently on like social media was that that's in the Bible. Well, 
there's a lot of things that are in the Bible, yeah, and just also, because it's in the Bible yeah. doesn't mean that it's condoned by God. And, and it directly said that that's the not what God intended. Who, yeah, the people who do that, they won't go to heaven unless they repent and change their ways. Yeah, which God yeah. will love you no matter what, you know. And it, whenever it says they won't go to heaven, it's calling people who do that. But if we change our identity to children of God, then we will go to heaven. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's also like part of this. It's kind of going off a little bit, but part of it is also that when you're reading your Bible, whenever you're reading it, always make sure to read it in context because. Mm-hmm. If you read something out of context, it can seem like it's the exact opposite of what the Lord is really telling yeah. us to do. So just, I just encourage you guys that if you're ever reading your Bible, just make sure to like look at the context that's there. Maybe use a commentary and just look up and see what is really being said. Yeah, yeah, and, and pray about just so that um, yeah. for discernment and understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he like he wants the truth to be known, so yeah. Yeah. he's gonna let that find you. And I think another thing to remember is that a lot of people who use the Bible as a tool to try to tear down God's word, actually believe that the laws of the Old Testament are all still being enacted, yeah. which is yeah. not true. Old Testament should not be discarded, but mm-hmm. good. you need to remember yeah. and you need to read Jesus the verses is where the it fulfillment of the law. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we don't, those are still good things to go by, but it's not, if you do this, you will die. Yeah. You it's know? not as, like, legalistic anymore, and I think yeah. we and get caught up punishment. in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think also part of that kind of leads into in faith. Um, which, when I was reading this, I thought it was kind of cool. So, in James, he's talking about how a faith without works is a dead faith, and we have to have our works to have a living faith. Which I think just kind of yeah, ties everything so together good. because if we have faith, that means love, conduct, speech, purity, all those things will come from faith. And so it really all starts with faith. Yeah. And I think just by like having a little bit of faith, like even faith as small as a mustard seed, it says in the Bible, will move mountains. I think just starting with that faith, everything else is going to come from that. So we really just need to be thinking, do you have faith in God? Like, what is keeping you from having faith in God if you don't? Yeah. Yeah, it's so mind-boggling, like things that people will do to prevent faith from growing. Like, it seems so clear to some people. For some people, like, faith just comes very easily. Just seeing a sunset, God is real. I've seen that. Like, who else? This doesn't just happen. And I agree with that. Like, I think that's true, too. But other people, like, really struggle with it. And I just, I want to encourage those people, like, to struggle in faith does not mean you don't have it. The struggle is real. Jesus talks about it in the parables about throwing the seeds and how some people, you're just thrown to different circumstances, and different circumstances mean different experiences. But your experience does not define your faith or how powerful that faith is yeah yeah and back to being um, whatever it says set an example setting an example in faith should be we shouldn't be ashamed of our faith and we need to stand firm in it so others should see our faith and you know if someone asks us we shouldn't shy away and be like well I mean I think that God is real you know you you know it deep inside but like you shouldn't shy away you should stand firm and show others your faith yeah and on that I'm gonna go back to my church camp I'm gonna bring it up a lot (laughs) because it had such a big impact on me it's done so many great things for me but my first year there one of the things they were telling us one of the themes of one of the nights in that week at that camp was you have to risk things for God like you have to risk your reputation for God you have to risk what people are going to think of you you're going to have to risk friends and families and opinions it's it's you have to risk a lot of things for God yeah and we see that even just on the the great example of Jesus dying on the cross for us 
it was never going to be easy. And in Colossians 2, 1, it talks about how great, Paul says, how great the struggle I have for you. And that's something that's always hit me at home or whatever it is. <laughs> but, um, like, it was never going to be easy. And, yeah. But in the end, like, we get to know it's going to be so worth it. Yeah, even though it's not easy. Yeah, and even now, because yeah. God will give us this joy and peace even through the struggles. Yeah, that's so true. And I feel like it's really easy to think that once you become a Christian, all of the struggles are going to be gone, which is something that... And I feel like it's really convicting when you think about that. The fact that when you go through struggles, the Lord is blessing you in that. And he's Mm going to bring something good out of that. Because he's never going to put you through something if something good is not going to come out of it. Like, he's not going to make you struggle. Because he works all things for the good of those who love him. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Which I think also, you have to have faith in that struggle to be able to realize that he's working something good out for you. And then the last thing it lists is purity. And so this, um, I interpret it as like, don't give into temptation and worldly desires and one of my favorite psalms is psalm 119 and so verse 9 through 11 says how can a young person stay on the path of purity and it answers by living according to your words i seek you with all my heart do not let me stray from your commands i've hidden your word in my heart that i might not sin against you so it's saying it I first asked a question how can a young person stay on the path of purity and the answer is staying in the word, you know, reading the Bible, says living, living according to your words. And so we need to hide the word in our heart and it will help us to make, to be more like him and have more desire to be more like him. Also, um, in purity, also like I had kind of three points, like in your heart, in your mind and in your body. Yeah. Um, the Bible says to guard your heart above all else because everything you do flows from it, which I think is so important to remember because if we're corrupting our heart by doing things that we know we shouldn't do, that's not keeping ourselves pure. And the Bible says the pure in heart will see God. And obviously we all want to go to heaven. We all want to see God. But part of that is protecting yourself and protecting your heart, protecting the people that you're around. And also your mind. That's like whatever you're thinking. You shouldn't be thinking about things that you know are not from God. And whether that be temptation that you're thinking about, well, maybe I could just give into it like this one time, or whether that be, you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but thinking, oh, well, if I do this, God will forgive me, so it's fine, like, I can do it this one more time. Like, that's still sin, whether or not, like, like, yes, God will forgive you, but it's still sin to do something, even if you know, like, because you know you're going to get forgiven for it. Mm -hmm. And then also in our bodies, just keeping ourselves pure, and that's something that's hard for um, most people to do, is keeping themselves pure. Yeah, especially at a high school age. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of stuff happens. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I kind of want to add on to what you said, Cody, about like in your mind. And I think this also applies to your heart, but like for (laughs) like being pure in prayer. And I think like everyone starts off as a kid. They're like, okay, God, if I do this, I want this. That's not how prayer is meant to go. And like, I feel like everyone's guilty of it and God forgives you for that. But I think it's really important to think about having a pure prayer life and what that looks like. Yeah. And the purpose of prayer is to grow your relationship with God. So... Yeah. Yeah. Keep that focus on him. And another thing is like, you kind of said this, like how faith leads to the first three things that we mentioned. But I also think that purity is applicable Mm -hmm. to all four things because there's such thing as not having purity in faith, I feel like. Because like, if you have a faith and it's based on you wanting things and like, you like, you kind of like you said, um, even Satan believes in God and Yeah. yeah, just like loving God for right intentions and having faith, love, speech conduct that's all based on a pure love for the Lord mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and then Adeline that verse you read for purity the one with the question like how can I 
as a young person, stay on the right track. Again, it says, like, stay in the word. Yeah. Again, that goes back to, like, just because you're young doesn't mean you're unable to, like, read the Bible and start now. Yeah, and I kind of want to add one more thing. It's for your mind. There's a verse in Philippians 4a. It says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So just yes. filling your mind with things that are from God, I, don't, I think it's just like that is something also that will help you stay on the track to purity and just setting an example for other people is your thoughts. And that also goes to surround the people that you're surrounding yourselves with. I'm sure most of you guys have heard it said that you become the most three or four people you're around, like you're going to become the most like them. So if you're hanging out with people who are not, they, who they don't have faith, they're not pure, they're, they don't love other people the way that Christ does, they're not acting the right way, and they're not using words to build other people up, eventually that's going to like rub off on you, and it's going to be very, very hard to stay away from that. And that's just something that I feel like, it's really important to just surround yourself with people that are going to help you set an example. Yeah. yeah. I think that's really great to circle back to like how this applies to um, mentorship. Having someone who sets an example is going to be so beneficial in your life. Yeah. And one verse I just want to, want to say to kind of maybe close things out a little bit mm-hmm. is um, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, And I feel like it's just applicable to all things. It says, for the pla- these are the plans I have for you. This is the word of the Lord. Plans for your welfare and not for disaster. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Yeah, and I know we've been saying throughout this whole like podcast a lot of should, 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 and I don't want you to think that we're perfect or that all of these things <laughs> yeah, are true for no, us. But I'm not yeah, perfect. It's just yeah. as something like you are not saved by works; you are saved by faith in Christ. So you know, don't feel like oh, I'm not doing enough, and I need to do more of this. But um, yeah, just to wrap things up, thank you all so much for listening to the Talbot Vision podcast. And if you could follow on, follow us on Instagram at the Talbot Vision, that would be great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you guys, guys so much. Yeah.